Uh, Let's pray as we open God's word. Father, I pray that you would give me the tongue of those who are taught, that I may know how to sustain with a word him who is weary. And I pray that you would give us all ears that we might hear as those taught by you. So would you be now, and by your Spirit, speak through me and open our hearts to hear from you. In the name of your Son, Jesus, we ask. Amen. In conversations over this week here, I've heard from a lot of guys who are feeling strained in ministry that actually what we've read about in 2 Timothy of suffering and shame and hard work is not a stretch for you guys to realize and feel what you're going through. We've been reminded of these just in our small group texts, rejection, loneliness, the shame, the suffering. On top of that, just the exhaustion of the slow-going work of day-to-day pastoral ministry. If that doesn't sound like pastoral ministry to you yet, for you young guys out there, just wait a minute. (laughs) It will. But for those who are feeling that strain, who are in the hard spot of ministry, or just worn, tired, are you wondering if you'll make it in pastoral ministry till next year? Maybe, maybe you've been daydreaming at some point about a different kind of career that would be so much easier. If you have, you're not alone. Barna said something like, almost half of us have done that in the last year. Consider another profession. Get out of the pastoring game. What can keep us faithful in the end? What can keep you and me going in pastoral ministry amidst all of the crap that we have to face from the people, from the world, and even from those in the church? I came across this story about a guy named Admiral Jim Stockdale. This guy was a dude. He was a prisoner of war during Vietnam for eight years, tortured like 20 times during those eight years, did not have any prisoner's rights, anything like that. After he got out, he was later interviewed, and they asked him, how was it that you and those eight years. He said, oh, that, that was easy. He said, one, I was disciplined to look to confront the most brutal facts of my reality and not downplay them at all. And second, I never lost faith that I would prevail in the end. Confront the brutal facts of your reality. Never lose faith in the end. You know who didn't make it? Pessimists who had no hope and optimists who thought they'd be out in just a few months. All those guys burned out. But because he held those two, he made it. My sense is most of us here have the facts of our brutal reality of pastoral ministry in front of us. It's not a stretch for us to think about shame and suffering. 
But it's the other half of that equation that I hope to steal us in today, to give you that confidence that we will prevail in the end, no matter what, that, that, that there will be no room for doubt in your heart, in your mind, in your labors, that we will prevail. That's what we're going to listen to in 2 Timothy 2, 8 to 13. As I read that text, would you listen for some of the reasons why we can have confidence to continue in ministry? God's word reads, Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David as preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal. But the word of God is not bound. And therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The saying is trustworthy, for if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us, and if we're faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Brothers, this is God's word. Thanks be to God. I can't think uh, of a passage that might be more helpful for brothers who are feeling like I can't make it till next year. Uh, In this passage, God is not so much telling you that you must or should continue in ministry as much as that you can, that we can continue. We can have confidence to make it. You can both look at all the trials you have in front of you today and tomorrow and continue endure, make it. And there's three reasons why. Take a look at the first one, verses 8 and 9. The first reason you can make it in ministry is because of the triumphs of the king, verses 8 and 9. And this first reason is actually the most fundamental of all the reasons we're going to look at. We're told to remember that Jesus has been raised from the dead. And you're like, hey, Walker, like, we're at a preaching conference. We basically know that already, okay? Seems simple, right? Why are you taking your time? But actually, just pause for a minute and think about it. Jesus is raised from the dead. He's not dead. His story didn't end in tragedy, but moved to victory. He went from suffering to splendor. That is who you serve in ministry. A reigning one, a triumphant one not one who's lost. And he even takes this minute to remind us that Jesus was in David's line. Like, why does that matter? Well, how did, just think for a minute, what was the beginning of David's kingship like? Like, did Samuel come along and anoint him and poof, he's sitting on the throne in Jerusalem? Oh, no. David knew suffering and shame, didn't he, as God's anointed being chased by Saul all around the wilderness. But where did he end up? He ended up reigning. He was the greatest king of Israel, even as he persevered all his trials. He was essentially raised to new life by the end. And that means, just these, this little glimpse of Jesus raised from the dead, David raised from obscurity in the, in the pasture, to sitting on the throne, means that while his servants might suffer and be shackled, 
His kingdom can't be stopped and his message can't be silenced. God has a way of raising up what the world pushes down. So you want to know why we can have confidence to continue in ministry this next year? It's because the triumph of the king that we serve. Doesn't that give you just like right out the gate like a little bit of confidence? I mean, Jesus' kingdom wasn't vanquished at his death, but is victorious now and will be in his life. So brothers, when your confidence wanes and you wonder if you're going to make it, remember Jesus Christ risen from the dead and let your confidence rise. That's the first reason we can make it in ministry even when we don't feel like it. It's a solid foundation on which all of our confidence rests. But wait until you see the implications for it. I mean, this is just the beginning. Because he's risen, we get our second reason. Take a look in verse 10. Because he's risen, there's salvation for others. Uh, Do you see what he's doing here? This reminds us of our goal of our ministry. What's the end for which we are working? Whether immediate or ultimate, the end goal of our ministry is that others might be saved. Did you see this word, endure, in verse 10? It's the very word that I'm saying that we can do. He's continuing in ministry. Paul is making it in ministry. Why? He'll endure anything as he considers the end of his gospel ministry, which is that salvation for others. Now, As maybe we found out yesterday, you and I might disagree on the exact meaning of the word elect, and that's fine. That is just fine. I'm very happy for that. But I'm guessing we can all at least agree that it means that God is committed to saving and will be effective in saving some people. That is what keeps Paul going, even when he looks at the brutal facts of the shackles on his hands. That's how we're going to make it. God's commitment to save others is a reason for confidence to continue. Now, for some of you, that's just what you needed to hear. Some of you are actually so in tune, you're like, oh, man, hearing that God's going to save people, that'll keep me going. But for others, it rings a bit hollow, doesn't it? Maybe for you, the ministry has been particularly hard lately. Fruit, especially... Seeing others saved is rare, not very common, maybe especially up here. Like everything I hear about what's happening in ministry in Canada, it's a tough place to minister. So maybe it's discouraged. Maybe even seeing one person come to faith would feel like a miracle. And those struggles are real and hard, and we must look them straight in the eye. We shouldn't downplay those, and I'm not trying to do that. I'm trying to give you confidence to continue because, brothers, even in these hard places, you can continue if you remember that God does save others, even if you never see it. Now, are you still not sure? Okay, let me see if I can give you a little rundown on why this might be the case. Proof that God is committed to saving. He saved Paul the persecutor. He saved Augustine the Libertine. He got of a hold of a monk 
named Martin. The greatest proof of all is sitting in this room. Just look around you. Who here would you have expected to ever become a Christian? Who here was it easy for faith to just all of a sudden pop and happen, much less for them to continue on as many years as you have? I am regularly amazed that I am still a Christian. Brothers, he got a hold of me and you. He's committed to saving, so take heart. It's a reason for confidence. There's still one more. One more reason we can make it in ministry. In addition to Jesus' triumph, opportunity of God's commitment to saving others, there's also a promise of life for us. This is verses 11 through 13. And this reason actually reaches down to the most essential aspects of who we are, not just as pastors and ministers, but as Christians. To reach that deep to the core of who we are, he goes to a trustworthy statement. Uh, I always wondered if Paul is like, it's just kind of humorous to me. He's like, here's what I'm saying, but here's something trustworthy. I don't know. Look at the confidence he gives to us just in these few lines. First, if you die with Christ, you will live with him. Just let that sink. You die with Christ, you're going to live with him. Second, gets better. If you endure, you will reign with him. Now, don't miss this. How did the passage begin? We saw a king's triumph at the beginning. Now, the confidence and hope that we have is not just that Jesus' victory was for him alone, but that we get to participate in it. We actually get to join him in that reign if we endure. That'll give you confidence for today and bright hope for tomorrow, a hope to live with him, but not just live, to reign Is your own faith or confidence waning? What could be better than to read these lines of promise for you and me? But it's not until the close that we find out why he's so intent on giving us confidence to continue. Why he wants to get a hold of us, take us by the shoulders, as it were, square us up in the eye and say, yes, you can make it in ministry. He's exhorting us to endure to the finish, and he uses warnings at the end. Look at 12 and 13. This is a picture of a disastrous ending for those who don't endure in faith, not ministry, faith. And it might be the most chilling words that you could ever read, that if we deny the risen Lord, he will deny us. Now, it's not as simple as just if you or I were to have a simple lapse of faith or to sin or fail in ministry that he would deny you. No. But there's clearly forgiveness of sins. We know. It's available. But if we were to walk away from the faith, if we quit this race before it's over, we consider him not worthy of following to the end, we don't endure to the finish, 
then we will have denied him, the king. And he will deny us. You see, he doubles down on it in 13. He says, it doesn't matter if you're faithless, that doesn't change his character. He will always be true to himself, so much so that he won't deny himself to admit you if you deny him. His character is ruthlessly faithful, even to the exclusion of traitors. Brothers, endure to the end. Why such a severe warning, though? Why hold out the stark peril for those who might deny the risen Lord? Well, we all know the challenges facing us in Christian life and ministry, don't we? Quitting often seems convenient. Aren't the scriptures littered, even in this book, of the names of men who have shipwrecked their faith? Just a few verses before, yesterday, we heard about men who denied the Lord. And don't you know people like that? Maybe even men in ministry who were once prosperous and fruitful and faithful in ministry who have stepped away who have denied the Lord they once proclaimed. The danger is so real, brothers. It's a hair's breadth away, and you do well to not ignore it or minimize it, but look it square in the eye. And that means that this warning is of immense value to us. It's for our benefit, but it's not alone. It's, as it were, shackled to the promise that if we die with him and endure, we will live and reign. It's a promise of life with our king, and that might allow you to make it in ministry. Because you see, actually, Stockdale, when he was chained up in that prison, he he didn't have really any basis for his confidence, did he? He was just like, yeah, things are really bad, but I know I'm going to make it. Wait, how did you know? And the thing is, there might have been plenty of other people who shared his confidence there who just died and will never hear their story and their name will never be written in a book. He had no actual grounding or reason for his confidence to think he could make it. But look what we have. We have a risen and reigning king who overcame death. We have a king who's committed to saving others and who promises life to us. All of that, brothers, is to give us confidence to continue. However brutal the facts, however hard your present reality, and with that kind of confidence, you can make it in ministry. And not just make it, not just make it, but maybe even have enough confidence to say with Martin the monk, and though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, we will not fear, for God his willed, his truth, to triumph through us. Let's pray, brothers. Father, how weak we are, and how needy of your help to both live and minister in this world. I pray that you would 
keep these reminders, these encouragements, these reasons in our hearts and mind, and so strengthen us in our confidence and faith that one day we all might receive the crown that awaits us at the finish. Through Christ we ask. Amen.